The following is brought to you in part by MFC Studios. The views of the show's host and guests do not necessarily reflect those of the management, owners, or staff of this radio station. And now, it came from the radio. Welcome once again to a game from the radio, the official the Big Apple Con. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking with me via virtual distancing. It's none other than our very own Pronto Comics, Dominic, uh, uh, DSS. <laughs> what does the DSS stand for again? I forgot. Okay. <laughs> I remembered it was DSS. Secret Service. Yeah, right. Dominic uh, Secret Service. <laughs> today is a perfect day for the social distancing because it is so snowy and horrible outside that we'd have to do it this way anyway. I love it. And also from thelifewithgenergy.com, we have Jenna Lee Selby. Hello, I'm enjoying the snow. It's so beautiful. All right, so let's see. On this week's show, we're going to have uh, Pronto Comics. I'm going to definition Mance Ronald with his comic pick of the week. We have a new Jaybird and Lee segment. And um, because, um, of the, 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 because of the sad news, we're going to replay an uh, interview we had with Mary Wilson from The Supremes. Uh, from 2019. Mm. Our senior correspondent, Charlie Saladino, had uh, interviewed her, and I was hoping he would be here, but obviously he's not. Um, he's he's still with he us. Is. He's still with us. <laughs> he's just not on the show for today. But he, he conducted the interview, so I want to replay that in honor of her passing. Um, well, maybe when he's done having a senior moment, he'll come and join his friends. <laughs> we... <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, he is the senior correspondent. Uh, yes. So, um, but before we do any of that, we have to take it away with the news. It's morphin' time! The news is brought to you in part by the fine folks at the Big Apple Con, which we are the official radio show of celebrating, 20, celebrating over 26 years of complexness and pop culture stuff. For more information, go to www.bigapplecc.com. Their next convention is scheduled for May 1st and May 2nd of 2021. As Charlie likes to say, uh, it's scheduled in May because it may happen and it may not. Also, want to give our shout-outs for our Patreons, of which there are. Danny Grillo, award-winning director Jared Burrell, Kyle Horn, Millie Portez, Newsday Famous Dresden Media, Unji Kun, Shadow Rabbit Art, The Huracan, and Yasmin and Ray. You guys want to have your own little shout-out, go to www.patreon.com, look up a game for it in the search bar, and uh, for just a dollar, you can get a shout-out. Also on our website, uh, if you want to support us, www.gameforit.com, you can uh, order us a, uh, a virtual pizza. We would greatly appreciate it. I like mine with extra cheese. Uh, so let's see what's the news. Uh, the, the sad news. Um, did any of you guys watch Jeopardy? That's that's. This is a pre uh, pre question. Are you Jeopardy fans? Have you watched Jeopardy recently with uh, Alex Trebek's last episodes? A different ways uh, to say yes for two hundred, Mark. <laughs> I have not watched it recently. Now, um, well, so this is a sort of sad news for you Jeopardy watchers. A young Jeopardy winner, known as Alex's last great champion of fans online, has died at the age of 24. Uh, Braden wow. Smith recently passed away unexpectedly. His mother, Debbie Smith, wrote on, uh, on uh, social media. So he was, uh, I think he was like the last five-day champion before Alex passed away. So it was like one of the last shows that he was on. 
Wow. And he died. So yeah, that's pretty pretty darn sad at 24. But how it is, he that's die? terrible. No, no word on how he died. They just they just mentioned it recently that he that he died and he was 24. So yeah, mystery. Um. So moving on to more sad news. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, legendary singer Mary Wilson also died recently in her sleep. As of this recording, no cause of death has been announced. Uh, Mary was a founding member of the Supremes for the uh, was a founding member of the Supremes, which, for those of you who don't know, was the most successful Motown act of the 1960s, the best-charting female group in U.S. chart history, and was one of the all-time best-selling girl groups in the world. Um, of note, Mary had written four four autobiographies, which was Dream Girl, My Life as a Supreme, Supreme Faith, Someday We'll Be Together, Dream Girl and Supreme Faith, My Life as a Supreme, and her coffee table book, which focused on the fashion of the Supremes called Supreme Glamour. Um, and just two days before her death, announced that she was planning to release new solo material around her birthday, which would have been March 6th of this year. Um, yeah, like... I, I didn't. I um. I I met her briefly at the Big Apple Con, which is when we have the interview. But I didn't really get to chance to interact with her. Charlie was the one that uh, really right. interacted with her. But listening to her interview again, she was such a sweet, uh, kind and giving person. And then you know, doing my little research on social media, seeing her videos, it's really sad that two days before she was, she looked fine. She was you know promoting everything. She was excited about stuff that's coming, and then she's gone. What was the cause of death? Uh, she died in her sleep. Uh, no oh, wow. cause of death. Just went to bed, didn't wake up. And how old was she? She uh, 76. A, wow, a that's surprise young. 76. That's young for uh, de- dying in your sleep. That's usually something you hear about, like, much older. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, were you a uh, Supreme fan? Were you a fan of the, the music industry at the time, Dominic? Well, not at the time. Um, I wasn't around yet. But no, I, I grew up listening to oldies. My father and his business would always have WCBS FM on. So I'm pretty familiar with like the Supremes and all the songs. I mean, not all the songs, but I'm pretty familiar with most of their songs. What about you, Jen? You were a fan of uh, Supreme music? Dana Ross and Supremes? Um, I like some things. I think it was pretty cool that we would have had new footage come out March 6th, two days after Trump becomes president again on March 4th. You, you heard that. March 4th, right? That, that's the rumor for anyone listening. There's a big rumor that Trump's coming back in office March 4th. So I, we have uh, the Supremes two days later. <laughs> I'm, I'm tempted, but I'm not going to take the bait. Don't do it. Don't go, don't go down that rabbit hole. Um, moving on. <laughs> from the, I, I just had to shout out QAnon for any future listener. It's pretty funny. <laughs> Moving on from the sad news follow-up department. Uh, Recently, we announced that legendary interviewer Larry King had died, but at the time of his recording, it was unclear uh, as to the exact date, uh, exact cause of death. However, according to the coroner's report, Larry died of sepsis, which is an extreme response to a body's infection that led to a kidney failure and acute hypoxic respiratory failure, which means he did not have enough oxygen in his blood to survive. So, yeah. I, wasn't he diagnosed, though, with um He COVID? had the COVID. He beat it. So, and then the complications gave him all that other stuff. So, yeah. So, did he, you know, like... Well, they say he, you know, he, he beat it. He, he got it out of the system. The two weeks he was on the, on the way to recovery, but this other stuff happened. So, maybe it was like a lingering cause, because they say, it's, you know, the you have lingering stuff that happens. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so 
that's that's the way to go. That's the that's a, that's, a, that's the way to go. Uh, all right, so let's see. That is horrible. It's truly horrible. That being said, like once once I heard he had COVID, knowing he had what like six heart attacks or something like that, like yeah, he, he had a torturous cardiac history. Mm-hmm. Like you don't. I heard he had COVID. I was like, that's over. It's yeah, over, unfortunately. I yeah, mean, I didn't wish the man ill. I'm just saying, like, you hear his, his you know, his. Everyone knew his medical history and his cardiac history. So he had COVID. It's like, no, yeah. good luck, bad. So moving away from the uh, sad news, let's see. From the Game Stop Buck Stops Here department, um, recently at least two hedge funds bet that shares of GameStop would would fall. Decided to engage in what's known as shorting the stock. At the same time, in direct response to that, a group of investors on Reddit started buying shares of GameStop, which in turn increased the rate market value in a huge way, creating "quote unquote" a short squeeze that forced the hedge funds into losing a ton of money and prompted one hedge fund, Melvin Capital. And to need an over $2 billion bailout. All of this, which has in turn prompted a trading apps such as Robinhood to put on restrictions of certain stocks to prevent this from happening again. What's funny is that none of this had any of the effect of the day to day business of GameStop, which has been doing poorly uh, before the pandemic hit last year. It's crazy. <laughs> it's, um, it's ridiculous because the stock thing got art- artificially um, inflated. inflated because these people on Reddit are like, well, we're going to save GameStop. It's like, this is not going to save, save them. They, unfortunately, the, the pandemic has done what it's done, and it's not going to get reversed in any way. So it's a, it's a crazy thing. Like, there was a lot of people that made a lot of money. There were a lot of people that lost a lot of money. But inevitably, the market corrects itself. You, there's no way that they could, people can continuously keep buying to keep that stock inflated. And the stock being that high would not save the company no matter what. Yeah. Did you put any money in there, Dominic? I found out about it too late. And I probably wouldn't have done it anyway. I use Robinhood. Um, but I, I wouldn't have done it, I think. Um, I don't invest like for day trading investment. I try and invest for long-term uh, wealth growth, which is difficult because I'm poor as hell. But Welcome to my world. <laughs> yeah. But that's – I don't ever try to make a quick buck. I mean, granted, if I had known about this, I probably could have. Yeah. could have changed my life, but you know, not by much. I wouldn't have had enough to money available to have invested that I would have been able to – change my fortune i would have had i would have been able to probably invest enough that i could have made a couple extra bucks what about you jen did you uh, throw in any money in there no i found out too late i just gotta say it's just nice to see people finally working together i mean this is a really (laughs) nice team effort finally i mean i i get (laughs) i don't know if i can say i applaud but it is kind of cool that a bunch of like no name investors were able to band together to do this as sort of a giant f u to the wall street but you know it it's like it's like your team your your baseball team is down by ten runs and someone hits a home run on your team it's like it, it's nice but it doesn't really do anything right yeah so let's see um moving on from Lee that's a lot of nuts department. Um, That's a lot of nuts. After 12 weeks in theaters, The Crudes 
Part 2 has made its way back up to the number one spot, pulling in an additional 2.6 million, only million dollars in box office receipts, beating out the Judas and the Black Messiah, who made just, quote-unquote, uh, $2.4 million in its first week of release. Uh, to put things into perspective, this time last year, the animated film Sonic the Hedgehog, in its first week of release, made $70 million, knocking out Birds right. of Prey from the previous week's number one spot. Of note, The Crude's Part 2 is the number one film of 2021, with only, or just, $44.2 and counting million dollars, followed by Wonder Woman Part 2 at $41.8 million and counting. That's crazy the whole this whole thing is weird this whole thing is weird um i think i think hbo and warner brothers is the smartest out of everyone right now where they're like look if you have hbo max you can watch the same thing at home that you can watch uh that you go to the movie theaters for i think that's smarter i think it's fairer, um especially better than um disney plus where Disney Plus is like, hey, you're already paying for this, but if you want to watch this brand new movie, you got to pay more. Yeah, um, I think it's weird that their Wonder Woman, which was you know their their big cash cow, is only at forty one million dollars, but they can't add whatever money they're making from the streaming service to that. So it kind of skews the how well that movie's doing. Yeah, the other thing that I always remember hearing about like movies and, and money and studios and things is like no massive movie has ever made any money um, because right. they find such a way to do the accounting that you can never get a clear answer. So like no studio ever quote unquote makes money so that, you know, for their for their tax purposes, whatever, because, you know, they have the production costs, they have the distribution costs, they have all the costs, which is, of course, legitimate. They have to pay the actors, they have to pay everyone involved, which, of course, is legitimate. And then when all that money comes back, and then you have these on you know, back-end deals, you know, people getting points and stuff, so people get residuals, so there's that. So, like, you have, like, films like The Avengers, which, what is, or, or Star Trek, uh, Star Wars Part 9, The Trainwreck, as you would call it. Yeah. You know, they make a billion dollars or two billion dollars and it's like yeah i mean it, it didn't make any money though yeah so even we i think the way of like of, of posting the the numbers on the opening weekend that's almost more for bragging rights than for actual accounting hmm. you know what i mean I, yeah. so eventually it's going to change it's going to be like or going to change i think it's going to change because i don't see a lot of people rushing back to the theaters nor there'll be a lot of theaters open right so soon it'll probably be like this has been streamed by this many people you know what i mean like 200 million people have streamed wonder woman part two right and that's probably how they're going to make it a like Definitely. so if everyone everyone has streamed it you want to stream it too i think that's how, what it'll end up becoming but i'm wondering like how does that translate into money because there's no advertising on the services, right? If I'm not mistaken. Well, you have to add it on to your pa either your cable package or pay directly for it, depending on whatever streaming service we're talking about. Well, I'm just saying, let's say for right now, HBO Max um, right. can say that, you know, we have 500 million people, you know, every single person in the world has streamed One Woman Part 2. How does that translate into money for One Woman 2 or, or people? Because I know a lot of uh, people are upset that, 
because they can't say the numbers, they're losing out on whatever bonuses and, and, and extra residuals they're getting. I know. It, you know how to look at it? This is uh, basically what happened with the, with the music industry, right? Where like it used to be how many, how many albums were sold and then Napster came along and then streaming came along. Right. So it eventually changed from... How many downloads? It changed to how many people streamed it, how many people are downloading it. It's the number one streaming song on this or that. I think that's what's going to happen with movies. Hmm. It's going to be like how many people down, bought it and downloaded it, how many people streamed it, how many people signed up for the service for it. I mean, they really, it has no actual meaning, but like Netflix is constantly telling you what's like the number one thing on, in the U.S., hmm. you know, the number one movie, the number one show on, on Netflix. doesn't matter. You don't have to pay extra for it, but yeah, you sure. kind of want to know because then you sort of like it, 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 um, it skews your viewing choices. You're like, well, if this is number one, why is it number one? Let me see what, what everyone's watching. Hmm. What do you think, Jen? Yeah, I don't know how things are going to make money either. It's just uh, without ticket sales, just like the music industry, if you're not selling albums, you can tour. So right. can our, can movie makers tour? Because I was just on the phone about <laughs> making a movie and we decided to make it a web series instead. But how do you make money when everything's just downloaded and streamed? Uh, they'll find ways i'm sure they'll always find ways is everyone just going to be a life coach or like an influencer (laughs) selling merch everyone's going to just start opening up only (laughs) fans yeah which i saw donnell rawlings has it i watched this documentary donnell rawlings has an only fans and cardi b and there's no nudity right you know it's interesting too like it's not an only fans but uh this uh you former ufc fighter now bare knuckle fighter Paige van zandt who you would think wouldn't need to do it. She didn't start an OnlyFans, but she sta- she did an exclusive content website, which I think has some very brief, slight nudity to it mm. um, for $10.99 or $9.99 or something like that. So like people who aren't even in the adult industry are getting into this now. It's like everyone's trying to find a way. You know, well, there's also Cameo. We should do a right. uh, it came from the radio uh, OnlyFans page. No, <laughs> no, but we we might want to do an old. Uh, it came from the radio cameo. Oh yes, right. yes, because that's, that's you know where people wish there. people happy birthdays. Yes, yeah, I got you a know, John or, Lovitz cameo. It was pretty cool. Yeah, really. You know, it's like, yeah, I think about it. How cool would it be if I'm trying to think of like a, of someone that you just you love, Mark? Paul um, Rubens. There you go. Yeah, right. Paul Rubens. How cool would you think it would be if Paul Rubens gave you a personalized message on your birthday wishing you a happy birthday? I wouldn't. I don't know because I know somebody. I know you're had weird, to, but had to pay for it, so it's like you know he's being paid to say that stuff. No, not I'm paying him. Somebody paid him right. to do it. I don't know. It doesn't seem genuine. But yeah, you, I agree. Like, like you wouldn't still think it's kind of cool though that at least someone at the very least that someone thought enough of you that they to, paid to give him money yeah <laughs> to, so you could have that yeah you know? yeah i'm just saying yeah so celebrities are going to find ways to make money no matter what that's why they're celebrities so speaking of speaking of make finding ways to make money from the follow-up game department in a recent episode of our show, we mentioned that the new Xbox controllers had defects, such as the controllers being unable to connect to a console after they are powered on, while others are disconnecting during gameplay, as well as what is known as quote-unquote controller drift, where the controller can register input from the analog sticks even when a player is not actually using them. 
Turns out that now it has been reported that Sony controllers for their new system, PlayStation 5, is also having drift issues, so much so that they are being sued in a class action lawsuit. The lawyer says, <clears throat> as a result of Sony's unfair, deceptive, and or fraudulent business practices, owners of DualSense controllers, including plaintiff, have suffered an ascertainable loss, injury, in fact, and otherwise have been harmed by Sony's conduct. Accordingly, plaintiff brings to this action to redress Sony's violation of state of consumer fraud statutes, breach of warranty, and unjust enrichment. Plaintiff seeks monetary relief for damages suffered, declaratory relief, and public injunction relief. Uh, no word on how much they're actually suing for. Um, to gaming, summarize... Gaming is a serious thing. <laughs> To summarize, Yo, peep, guys are going to have to stop playing video games and go outside. And that's what's going on. But who wants to really go outside, especially right now with this weather? Me. <laughs> I want to take my dog for a walk in the snow. Yeah, but do- you know, dogs love that, so that's okay. I, 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 know, I know for some reason the, the rest of the panel on the show is very anti-gamers. I'm not <laughs> anti-gamer. <laughs> Well, I mean, the two of you always kind of, kind of uh, berate the gamers for, for being in their basement. <laughs> it's just easy. <laughs> well, that's true. They are kind of easy targets. That's um, all. I just think that it's crazy that once again they're they're putting out a product that they know is defective. I agree. I mean, it's not like they didn't know. How could they? You know, they make their multi-million dollar, multi-billion dollar corporation. They have an item. Didn't somebody say, hey, uh, this isn't working correctly? Nobody right. said that. Nobody knew. And then they put it out there, and then all of a sudden, everybody knows it's not working well. Here's the thing, too. Like, it's not a, an, an infrastructurally important thing. Like, you hear about this happening with, like, people doing this with, like, syringes or, or medical equipment. Or cars. Or cars. <laughs> and it's like, I, I kind of get it. Like, you have this deadline and it's important. You know, like, this is, like, something that is not necessary for the existence of society. Right. In terms of the function, like, the, the daily functioning of it. Like, take your time to get it right. But you don't, you don't have some government contractor you know something like some government representative like we need this now we need it now you know what i mean but on the other hand like we were, i was talking with jen in earlier shows about that game that had all those pre-sales and they were late in coming out do you remember that jen mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then when it came out it had all these um, problems with it but they sold so much it was the highest selling pre-sale game ever so they put themselves in a corner where they make a date they miss the date is demand for the product they're making hand over fist money so well yeah, maybe do. the companies have moles from other companies that are trying to take them down so that's what's <laughs> happened they say, oh yeah everything's clear sure send it out sure 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 and then they fail <laughs> maybe it's, it's an inside hacker could well, be we're trying to take down the company with the amount a, of money involved you know. i i, I mean, nothing's off the table yeah, I mean, like it's billions of dollars. So I get that there is that pressure. I, you know, I'm not trying to say there isn't pressure on the company and to get things out. I'm just saying, like, it's not like there's a government regulatory thing going on saying like you need. It's not the end of the this world. Now, yeah, it's not. It's you know, it's it's not the end of the world. Like there, you should be able to have time to get it done right. You should you be know? able to buy something that does what it's supposed to do. <laughs> 
And again, this is what if <laughs> I'm if I heard this correctly, this is like a game controller. Like yes, the, the controller. Right? So it's not like there are there aren't other people putting out controllers. That, you, know, you know what I mean? Like take your time to do it right. If you have the best product and it works the best, someone will buy it no matter what. It, it, in, in for theory, gaming, I would in, think. In theory, in theory, because sometimes what is it? If you have to be first, the, the first one out the bat usually gets the most money. Um, I guess, but I would also think like the superior product also always gets the money. Um, like MySpace was first. That's true. That's true. I'm gonna I'm gonna go back. We're gonna go way way back to the old argument: Betamax versus VHS. Right. Uh, the Betamax was a superior product, but the VHS just knocked them out of the water. Well, there's Ooh. also like TiVo was superior than to DVR. Yes, that's true too. Right. But here's the other thing about superiority: it has to be elegant. It has to work seamlessly. You can have a superior product and what it can do, but if it's not user-friendly and comfortable aesthetically and pleasing, elegant yeah. and aesthetically pleasing, then it's not superior product, right? Like, I mean, there are, there are certain Androids and things that are superior to iPhones, but because of Steve Jobs is like, you know, all about design and how it should look and how it should feel and everything like that, it was more elegant and aesthetically pleasing that people needed to have an iPhone, still do. Not everybody, but certainly a lot of people. So much so that mm -hmm. you have a lot of these companies that mimic the iPhone. Right. So let's see. Moving on. Uh, from the skies are blue no more department. Disney has announced that it is shutting down Blue Sky Studios, the largest animation studio on the east coast of the United States. The studio, which produced the Ice Age and Rio franchises, as well as the films like Ferdinand, uh, the Peanuts movie, and Spies in Disguise, was one of the companies that Disney acquired in its purchase of 21st Century Fox. Executives say, <clears throat> given the circumstances of the current economic realities, after much consideration and evaluation, we have... Uh -oh, <laughs> I'm here. No, the, 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 the timer went up. It went over my news, so I couldn't finish reading what I was reading. <laughs> okay. Mark, I just want to let you know, that's exactly what the executives sound like. <laughs> um, we have I've made... heard Disney executives talk, and that's ex you, you nailed it, buddy. <laughs> we have made the difficult decision to close filmmaking operations at Blue Sky Studios. According to a report... Approximately 450 employees will be impacted by the shutdown, and any and all projects will be halted, and Disney says that it will consider those employees for open positions at other studios, although its other studios are based thousands of miles away on the West Coast. Uh, Blue Sky was essentially Fox's animation film studio, and in a 17-year period, it produced 13 featurettes, with its latest being released as the aforementioned Spies in the Skies, which was released in December of 2019. Um, have you seen any of the, the Fox uh, movies there, Jen? I don't think I've seen them. I really Ice don't. Age, um, Rio. I like Rio. No, I never really watched animated things unless uh, I watched There Goes the Neighborhood. That's the only animated show I watch. <laughs> what about you, Dominic? Uh, have you seen any of those movies? Uh, I haven't seen Ice Age. I haven't seen Rio. I'm I'm kind of with Jen. It's sort of like the uh, the luxury of not having children <laughs> that I don't have I like to, to see, see these movies. Faces. Yeah. I'm not I against like, animated movies, by the way. I, just like I don't have to go watch them. 
like I have a good friend. He watched uh, Moana on Disney. Like he, when he once he started counting at the time, it was fifty four <laughs> times. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Like, I got nothing against them. I just it's the nothing. Um, they don't always intrigue me that I want to go see it. Fair enough. Fair enough. I like to see the human body. There's no human bodies in animation, so eh. you want to see the uh, animated OnlyFans? Is that it? (laughs) I just like to see people. You know, different types of faces and body structure is interesting to me. All right. So, well, speaking of faces and people, well, just so anyone who listens to the show though knows that I do like anime. Remember how many conversations we had about like Voltron? Yes. 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 Just so no one thinks like I don't like anime. It just usually kid specific long right animation i like hentai (laughs) (laughs) about those mets so so it's the last bit of news from the all right this is from the ay caramba es muy spoilero department as you may or may not know marvel remembers it's mark torres (laughs) as the host of the show as, as you may, I, I I thought I did my best with that. As no, no, you, <laughs> I'm not saying you did. I thought you did very well. I just want people to realize that you, sir, are an origin of Hispanic heritage. So when you were doing a Hispanic accent and and everything, it, you know, no one can be annoyed. You're not culturally appropriating. You are okay. Being yes, authentic. we cater we cater to the Latin X. <laughs> as, as you may or may not know, Marvel slash Disney loves to keep a tight grip on spoilers surrounding their properties. But in a recent episode of Marvel's WandaVision, the appearance of a certain character was leaked due to astute Marvel fans, along with a slip up of one of the voiceover actor named uh, Rodri Martin, who was the Spanish dubbing voice of a character in all of his appearances up to date. Turns out that Rodri announced that he would be working on WandaVision before the episode aired and people figured out the connection. Of note, when the episode did air, it seemed that the character was dubbed by Manuel Guillermo instead, who apparently knows how to keep his mouth shut. (laughs) Yeah, so I'm 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 a dubbing voice actor. Who let's say let's say um because uh, that happens a lot um, in all the foreign in all the all the foreign countries in foreign countries uh, they usually hire one specific person to be that voice of a specific actor whenever they do voiceovers so that way it keeps like a consistency so like you know there's a there's a Mexican Bruce Willis there's a there's a Japanese Bugs mm-hmm. Bunny and so right. that way you know that's what they sound like to those people like consistency so this character which i'm not going to spoil was the voice actor of this person and he's like yeah i got this job working for wandavision and they're like oh well i guess that means that character is going to show up Very true. what's the problem well Who the cares? problem is is that <laughs> they they didn't want to let people know of the spoiler of having that character appear and they fired him off the off the right. role. That's that's how that's, that's crazy. It's too much. Really? I don't know. I'm I'm, know. I'm, I'm like yeah, who cares? I, I, I'm kind of on the line. Like I've been watching WandaVision, so if it's the episode we're talking about, it's the one where he, this character shows up right at the very end two weeks yes. ago. Yes. Uh, yeah, that's like a what, what did I see it? It's a seventy-one billion dollar crossover. I could see <laughs> Disney and Marvel not wanting that given away. It's I'm on the line. Like at one at one point, you know, the guy was happy that he got a job. He was right. saying about stuff that he was going to do. 
And obviously, nobody said, hey, don't tell anybody. Right. But on the other hand, yes, it's, it's a spoiler. And the, it's called a spoiler for a reason. People hate spoilers. And right. for some reason, people love giving other people spoilers. <laughs> right. So well, I maybe think... All these, yeah. Well, maybe all these people who write, I have an announcement all over Facebook all the time. All the time I'm seeing people, I have an announcement. Something big is coming soon. And it's just like, just spit it out. Just do it first. And then talk about it. That's my rule. And all these people in their freaking announcements. So maybe they could learn a thing or two from this. Stop with the announcements. Just do your job. Make a movie. Create a course. Whatever. Then come out and tell us about it. Don't, 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 uh, don't, not enough with the suspense. Um, we have uh, two minutes left. So I just want to, I want to counter, counterpoint that. They, they say you have to sell the sizzle, not the steak. And me, myself, I hate any type of information. That's why I don't watch trailers ahead of time. Like a lot of stuff that people know about, I have no clue what's coming up. And it makes me enjoy the property more. So on, on one hand, I agree with you about that, Jen. But on the other hand, mm. you, got the, you got to sell the sizzle, not the steak. Right? That's, that's the rule. Mm. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's amazing. Even Mark Hamill said it was amazing that no one spoiled his arrival and, and cameo in at the end of the Mandalorian and which it's been two months. I can talk about that now. And the thing is, I don't watch the Mandalorian. Right. I would like to, but I can't. Right. right. And on, 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 on the social media, two minutes later, I was like, Oh, I think something's going on with, uh, with Mark Hamill. I'm like, Oh yeah, I guess he's doing. It. And then, you know, it all, it all appeared to me. So I don't even have to watch the episode to figure it out, which is exactly what happened with the spoiler. Like they, they, they have that need to get that information out there so fast. Like, mm-hmm. let it yeah. give it time to breathe, allow right. people to, to enjoy it. So I think that uh, the the Spanish guy he effed up. <laughs> oh no, I agree. <laughs> now I agree. he's out of a job and probably out of the career of being that guy's voice actor. That's the worst part. Oh, definitely, definitely. Like you don't, you know, listen. They'll they'll forgive a lot of things if you're you know not interrupting the money. But what he did was like interrupt the money. Yeah, in a certain way, and that's that's uh, sad that that happened. If yeah. I were him, I would just stop using my car blinkers. Like I wouldn't tell anyone what I'm up to. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go right here. You're you're not gonna know. I'm not telling you. He's like, I had a bad experience. Let me tell you. Back in the day, I was this voice actor. So I don't use blinkers anymore. Sorry, officer. All right, okay. so that's it uh, for the, the news. Views and opinions of this show do not necessarily <laughs> reflect this radio station. Please so with, use your blinkers. Uh, so with a minute less, do you have a final thought before we take our break? Uh, Dominic, go. Final thought. Uh, oh, man. What, what was that? What was that thing? Yeah, like, don't rat. <laughs> like, don't, don't spoil. Don't rat. Uh, was it? Uh, yeah. That's snitches it. get stitches. Is that Thank time you. To go snitches for? get right. stitches. Yes. Uh, Jen, you have a final thought before we take our break? <laughs> um, I was watching Goodfellas yesterday, so don't rat. And... Uh, <laughs> He said, everybody knew me, and those are the people that get caught. So it's better to be the guy behind the scenes and make money and not have people know you. And many need to stop with the obsession of being known and celebrity because it just gets you in trouble. Okay. <laughs> with that, <laughs> we're going to take our break. We'll be right back. We came from the radio. Hi, this is Mary Wilson of the Supremes, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. Hi, you've heard my voice open and close the show. Now we want to hear your voice. If you have a business or product, you can record a commercial here. We offer 30 and 60 second spots. 
For more information, contact Mark at MFC underscore studios at hotmail.com. New comics are back at Cosmic Comics and Games of Baldwin. Get ready for the next DC Comics event. Future State! Cosmic Comics and Games is open Wednesday from noon to 7, Thursday from 2 to 7, Friday from 3 to 7, and Saturday from noon to 5. So if you want the latest Marvel, DC, Image, or independent comics, back issues, comic book supplies, or magic cards, please call Chuck at 516-763-1133 for all the details. That's Cosmic Comics and Games of Baldwin. Thank you and stay safe! Now, back to our show. Hey, this is Jaybird and Lee, and we're here to talk about movies, music, TV, and what's going on in our part of the world. Today we're going to talk about The Croods 2. The Croods 2, based with, uh, ah, starring Nicolas Cage, right? Yeah. And um, what do we was, think? It was on Netflix, was, or was that? Uh, that was on Prime, I think. Okay. That was not good <laughs> another not <laughs> another good. not good film so two weeks in a row not good movies right yeah wonder woman in the crew another uh part two another one my mom recommended us to watch <laughs> right so another movie we were kind of forced to watch yeah it well you wanted to see wonder woman so we can't go with that right yeah but the crudes too is like all right let's see it because we liked the first one yeah the first one was Ten times better than the second one. Okay, so what didn't you like about this movie? It was just... Some parts were just plain old weird. The storyline was sort of... It was confusing. The... It was confusing? They wanted to have... Uh, so they so the Crudes and their new... The boyfriend, right? Of, yeah. Of the daughter. Oh, also it was extremely lovey... Like they were, it was sort of like a romance for yeah. two people, and it was just. I'm starting to get in a theme here that you don't like romance movies. Yeah, I don't like romance movies. You don't like romance? No, no especially when I'm think when I want to see an action movie, and it turns into romance, it is no. <laughs> so you thought the Crudes was going to be an action film? Not action, but like <laughs> more of more adventure. What it, yeah, and more just better. <laughs> <laughs> right, so it it starred, uh, yeah, Nicolas Cage, it's got Emma Stone, um, and it's basically uh, Ryan Reynolds, his character, who's dating Emma Stone's character, is trying to, is about to be taken away or coerced by another group of people that he grew up with, and trying to fix her up, fix him up with her their daughter, right? That's basically the, yeah. the gist of it. And I was not really expecting that for... Uh... For the movie, yeah, but I to me the animation wasn't as good as the first one. It wasn't, definitely not. But there was some parts where like they there was one part where they were eating things, mm-hmm. and then they went into this crazy loop almost as if like they take they took something and were oh oh because they were eating and they were so yeah. excited they were, had some food yeah but it did but that not... was just being. Mm. All right. <laughs> I didn't like that part. Uh, okay, so you weren't a big fan of that one either. All right, so another movie that two weeks in a row that not you did good. not like, but you are watching also How I Killed a Murderer. Oh, How to Get Away with Murder. How to Get Away with Murder. That was good. And that has no romance in it. Uh, It does, but it was a drama, so you're oh. going to expect that. Oh, so the drama. But it was also it was missed. There was also murder. (laughs) Oh, right. So the combination of murder. Yeah, like it evened itself out. 
Oh, okay, murder drama. But and I also skipped. A, because I noticed a pattern between it, and I noticed what episode was actually going to reveal the um, like a bunch mm-hmm. of stuff. So I sort of like I watched the first like three episodes, maybe skipped the next five, went to the eighth, not the not the eighth. I don't know, ninth. Watched that, and so basically, like, because I realized the pattern within each season. So you're watching the pattern within season and you're skipping to make sure you get the good parts? Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> How are you even thinking like that? Most people just watch the whole, every episode. You're like, oh. Okay, but I rather, I want to just see what happens in the end. <laughs> so you're like skipping to the end like a book. Like you started the first ten, first two chapters and went to the end to read the last chapter to be like, okay, I got it. Not the last chapter, like the last six chapters. Oh my gosh! So basically, you're um, <laughs> you're kind of mathematically figuring out like how which episode to watch based on the pattern yeah. that you're noticing mm-hmm. in this show. Yeah, that's so crazy. Like I never even thought of like how would, I never even thought of doing. I would just stop watching the show. <laughs> you know, if I didn't like the show, it would be. I mean, I guess that's the thing. Do you like the show? I like parts of the show, but not all parts of the show. Okay, well... I watched the first four seasons all the way through. No. No, that's a lie. Okay, maybe like two seasons all the way through. <laughs> oh, boy. All right, okay. I think I had enough. I think that's it. The listeners probably had enough of that weird <laughs> moment. Okay, anyway. Um, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay connected. <laughs> see you next time. Hello, radio listeners. What are you thinking? We want to hear from you. What's working for you? What things would you like to hear more about? Write us your thoughts. Or you can buy us a pizza. Just go to our website, www.itcamefromradio.com, and click on the Buy Us a Pizza link. Leave your comment there. And we'll read them on video. Now, back to our show. Hi, everyone. This is Pronto Comics' own Dominic Sperano, and it is once again time for... My comic book pick of the week. Come, my love, I'll tell you a tale of a boy and girl and their love story, and how he loved her oh so much, and all the charms she did possess. All right, so it's slapdab the middle of February, and that means it's the love season, what with Valentine's Day and all. So to that effect, my pick of the week is a adorable comic, which I just happened upon the other day at my local bookstore. And it's called In Love and Pajamas, and it's done uh, by a cartoonist, Katana Chetwind. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, it's Katana with a C, and I'm also hoping I'm saying that it's Katana, not like Satana or something. Um, this is quite possibly one of the most adorable collection of comics that I've had the pleasure to read. And it's so good that I gave it to my lady for Valentine's Day, and she is just absolutely, absolutely... Uh, loving it. Uh, so much so that she dog-eared so many pages of this book that remind her of our relationship. 
um, and I'm just looking through them. So if you hear me like my voice break a little bit, it's usually because I'm just laughing and giggling about it. Um, the concept of the book, I can read it from the back here of the book from the Huffington Post. In her comics, Chetwind continues to capture recognizable relationship moments in funny and adorable ways. Like when your partner has the audacity to finish all the snacks. Or how you both insist on changing into comfy clothes the minute you get home. Um, and that's basically what it is. They're mostly like anywhere between, I'd say, two to about five panels, sometimes venturing into six. Um, and they're each individual little comics. Um, shameless plug, very similar to how I do my fishy sarcasm comics. Um, in terms of like, they're all individual. There's no long storyline. There's no big plot. You'll probably be able to read it within a half an hour, maybe 40 minutes at tops. Probably, probably a little longer because you're going to sit and think about that significant other of yours and, and how situations like this have occurred in your life too. It is just, uh, it's just so good. It's just really a very, a very good, cute book. Um, it retails for about $15. If you don't have a store you're comfortable going to, you can go to her website, katanacomics.com, uh, and you can shop and buy it right there, right from her. Again, it's called In Love and Pajamas. You can also get a daily calendar, wall calendar, uh, another book called Snug, um, greeting cards, merchandise, uh, Little Moments of Love, which is another book of hers. Um, just some adorable stuff. You can follow her on numerous social media platforms, including Instagram. Uh, it is Katana Comics on Instagram. She's also on Facebook. She has a Patreon, as do I. Uh, YouTube, Twitter, all Katana Comics. Um, it is just such an adorable book. I really can't recommend it enough. I think you should go out, pick it up, for either for yourself if you're single, for a loved one, uh, significant other, go get it today. It's just so cool. Oh, and it also it comes with stickers in the back, cute little stickers, um, which is kind of you know like them hugging on each other, and it's it's just it's just so nice. It's and in today's world, it's nice to have something like this that is just light and fun and adorable. So go get it today. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this week's pick. Please remember you can go and check out my own personal webcomic at fishysarcasm.com. You can become a Patreon of the comic. It's only $1 a month. It's the least expensive Patreon out there. I promise you that. Also, please go and check out prontocomics.com. We have plenty of comics for download. And always remember... Sammy, true love is the greatest thing in the world. Except for nice MLT, mutton, lettuce, and tomato sandwich when the mutton is nice and lean and the tomatoes are ripe. They're so perky. I love that. So be safe and be healthy. Take care. My love is like a storybook story. Hey guys, this is Christy from Custom Cakes by Christy. I want you to know that I'm here for you. I'm keeping my private kitchen open for any needs your family may have. I've been focusing on bread, soups, muffins, quiches, and other basics, but I'm still accepting dessert orders as well. Please follow my Facebook for immediate pickup items. Private message me for custom orders. Custom Cakes by Christy, I-N-C-K-R-I-S-T-Y. Text me at 631-606-8000.
800-242-8166. Now, back to our show. This is Charlie Saladino. I am here at the Big Apple Con, and oh my God, I am so honored to be here with one of my idols, Mary Wilson from the Supremes, and an illustrious solo career. In my opinion, one of the best singers in the Supremes. I would like to say the best singer in the Supremes, uh, but I would like I am going to say one of the best. But you people who know me know what I mean. But anyway. Mary, it's such a pleasure to have you on our show. You are so kind, and I appreciate that so very much. But, you know, there were three of us, <laughs> and I love us all. <laughs> yeah, I know, and, and you know I'm only kidding about that. You guys forged an unbelievable music career, uh, not only for yourselves, but for future singers to come. I don't even have to list them. Um, there were people sitting watching you, and they became big stars because of that. Um, first of all, let us talk about what's going on in your world now. We all know what an iconic singer and musician you are. Let's talk about what's going on now for Mary Wilson. Well, you know, I'm very happy. I just had my, celebrated my uh, 75th birthday this year, happy 2019. Birthday. Thank you. And I'm very proud of that because we've lost so many beautiful, wonderful personal friends of mine and, and yours, those who are listening to us. And so I'm very happy that uh, I'm still up, <laughs> standing up and singing. But I am doing lots of things. Uh, I, in, front, in front of us right now, uh, of course, your listeners won't be able to see it, but I have a, a new coffee table book that's coming out in the U.K. in May and here in the U.S. in September. So that's one of the, my more recent accomplishments. I'm very proud of it. It's all about the Supreme's uh, glamorous gowns. It also has a lot to do with, I'm kind of, re, you know, I've written three books already. And this one is more or less just a recap of everything I've written. Maybe some new updates and all that. But basically it's about the gowns that we wore on the Ed Sullivan Show. Hullabaloo, you know, Shindig, and all those great, great shows. So that's one of my um, things that I'm doing. I'm always doing something. My mother, my daughter says, Mommy, please stop and settle down. I'm like, why? You know, I don't want to settle down. So, um, you know, I have a couple of new projects out, like my new CD, which is I'm very proud of. So we'll be hearing more about that later on. Life's been good to me is what it's called. And what is the next thing I've done? Oh, you know, I'm traveling around the world, still performing. I did a tour with a very dear friend of mine, Bill Wyman, of the Rolling Stones. Yeah, I just worked with Bill over in, in, in Europe, actually. So that's kind of fun. So I'm still touring, and I'm coming into the New York area a couple of times this year, actually. I'm here now at the, what, Big Apple Com, uh, Comic Con. I'll be back uh, in May uh, doing a show there, and then I'm coming back again uh, for the Carlisle Hotel, which I got to tell you, I'm very, very thrilled about that because this album here is all about Mary Wilson up close, and it's really about, um, you know, the, like the American songbook. I sing songs like Body and Soul, uh, Fields of Gold, uh, you know, just really quiet songs that I, I love to sing, so I'm very happy about that, working at the Carlisle Hotel. Now... 
Uh, you know, of course, I was kidding before. You had two unbelievable singers in, in the Supremes other than yourself, and it was just a perfect combination. And um, I know, what was, what was the best part of that whole experience? I know there was a lot of them, but something that would stand out in your mind. Well, you know, for me, when I met Florence and Diane, I just felt that we were the perfect uh, singing group. I, we were, you know, Dinahead was very sort of outgoing. Florence was more of an earthy person, and I was kind of quiet. But the three of us combined together, uh, the Supremes, and I think that, you know, we really helped America and the world because, you know, black people were not on, on, on red television much back in the early 60s, and we were one of the first to kind of break through uh, that old sort of racial thing that was going on on here in the states and i think that people i think that we kind of help women become more prominent and seen as more of um, you know glamorous creatures creatures who had uh, accomplished things and 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 i've had a lot of people like oprah winfrey uh, whoopi goldberg come up to me and say you know when you girls came on the ed sullivan show as black people we would sit back and say my god we're so proud of our people look at our people so i really think that we helped that. I mean, it wasn't just us by ourselves. There were people before us, you know, Lena Horns, the Ethel Waters, Sammy Davises, all those people, Billy Eckstein. But the world, America had not opened up enough to embrace everybody. They listened to the music and they saw them, but it wasn't until maybe mid-60s when, say, we came along and other people, when America and the world embraced us. So aside from that, you know, here we talked about the British invasion, but we became famous in England. And so we were accepted over in, in Europe the way that we accepted the Beatles here. So we kind of helped to open up the, uh, the the world in a way. We were ambassadors to America. Absolutely right. It's such a sin and it's a crying shame that America didn't see the gold they had here. But in the UK, that's who, that's who was... Um, who was listening to your music and who really knew that the kings of rock and roll were Chuck Berry and Little Richard. I'm going to get in trouble saying that, but I feel Elvis was the messiah because he's the one that brought that rock and roll to the people because he was a good looking white boy. So he was the messiah. But in my book, Little Richard and, and Chuck Berry were the kings and in so many books of people who came here from Britain, that, that was the music they listen to. Yes, I mean, like I said, with Bill Wyman of the Rolling Stones, he and I have talked for years because because we've been friends for years, and he has told me over and over and over again that it was because of that American soul music. You mentioned Chuck, Chuck Berry and all those people, Muddy Waters. Uh, Muddy Waters. He said that's who they used to listen to and brought it over to to England. So yeah, but you know, music, I think that music really is an ambassador for the world. I was lucky enough to be born in that era of the musical revolution. We will never see that again. And it, it's people like you who brought that out and um, three of the most beautiful singers in the world who, in my opinion, are legends, which was Flo, you and Diana, like I know them, right? And Flo. Well, you know what? People do feel they know us because they listen. They they saw us on TV every Sunday on the Ed Sullivan Show. People, they come up to me and they say, Mary, how you doing? Da, 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 da. I'm like, 
they talk to me like my cousins do. You know what I mean? Because they have known us with family. family. Yeah, and I love that. Well, I want to say something, too. I know that we in the 60s, the music icons of the 60s, I know that we were responsible for, you know, kind of setting, today they say template. You know, back in the day, I would say we were the models for the music to come. But I want to say there's some really wonderful, talented uh, young people out there today. No, I'm not a fan of rap music, but I am a fan of music. And there's some very talented people, and I'm proud of pe some of the, like oh, Queen Latifah, I'm very proud of her. Uh, Queen Latifah and I, uh, Will Smith, I'm proud of him. Uh, there's so many of them who, they're done, they learn the lessons well, just like we learn lessons from the ones before us, like the Lena Horns and the Ethel Waters. These kids have learned from our uh, generation, so I think every generation learns from the other. Now, we may not like the kind of template they're doing, but still I admire their talent, and I also admire how, how well they've done, especially Queen Latifah, you know, and Mary J. Blige. They've done very well. And, and she's such a great actress also. She's, she just set her mark. She made a mark in, in yes. the world, and, and yes. that's, that's nice when you see that. Yes, and done it in a, in a classy way, too. You know, that's I really like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you guys were responsible. I'm telling you, these people were watching you on the Ed Sullivan show, and they said, oh, my God, yes, we can. And that, that was the greatest thing. Mary, thank you so much for this interview. I am, I am so uh, honored to be sitting here with you. Um, get out all your social media if uh, people want to know where to get your records. Um, I was going to say albums. Where to get your CDs. Um, let them know. Get, get that out right now, man. Yes, thank you so much. And, and you know what? I enjoy uh, recording new music, but I also embrace my old music as well, what Flo Diane and I did. And, and you know, I love Flo. I love Diane. And I'm happy that we have been in the hearts of so many people throughout the years. And I thank you, too, for the things you've said. Oh, my God. Thank well, you. thank you so much. <laughs> so, Mary Wilson, uh, about 100 more years of success for you. And once again, thank you. And uh, once again, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you very much. Okay. This is Charles Saladino at the Big Apple Con with Mary Wilson. And we'll see you soon. The Comic Book Depot has been in business since 1993. Your one-stop comic book shop for comics, gaming, and collectibles. The Comic Book Depot Club membership is $15 and gets you 15% off new comics, back issues, graphic novels, and 10% off comic book supplies. Located at 2847 Jerusalem Avenue in Wontaw, New York. Contact us on Facebook for curbside pickup because new comics are back. For more information, give Alan a call at 516-221-9337. The Comic Book Depot. Now, back to our show. So that about does it for this week on the Came From the Radio. Join us right here any week on this radio station. If you miss any part of the show, tough. go to our website, www.camefromradio.com. Listen to archives review up in a week or so. Check us out on such places such as btdradio.com or our social media pages such as Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And always follow the cost-benefit ratio. If the benefits outweigh the costs, do it. If the costs outweigh the benefits, don't do it. Or just Google It Came From The Radio. And we'll see you next week. You've been listening to It Came From The Radio with Mark Torres. The views of the show's hosts and guests did not necessarily reflect that of the management, owners, or staff of the station. We now return you to your earthly scheduled broadcast.